So welcome to the latest episode of the In Their League podcast and it's our post Oscar party. The team have been nursing their celebratory hangovers for nearly a week and it's time to gather them around a virtual table to see what they thought of the 2023 Oscars. And indeed I have everyone from everywhere and all at once on the show. For me, it's the Oscars of the comeback, with those male acting awards being awarded to some great stories with Brendan Fraser and Kei Hu Kwan winning um, well-deserved awards. Um, we also astonishingly had the only the second nomination of a woman of Asian descent being nominated in the Best Actress category, um, because Merlot, but some people say it's the first, but Merlot Oberon was hiding her ethnicity. Anyway, let me... It's for me, it's the Oscars of the comeback. And so I'd just like to introduce everybody around the table and maybe you could just tell me what you think it's the Oscars of. So we'll start with Editor-in-Chief Joan. Hello there. And I would say my word to describe the Oscars this year is missing. There were some missing people that I was disappointed in not seeing in the uh, memorial section. And there were some missing nominations and there were missing... I think uh, the representation was somewhat missing across the board, but overall, I thought it was a, a pretty good uh, a pretty good uh, spread. I would have liked to have seen the uh, the awards more evenly distributed. Okay, thank you, Joan. Next up, long time no speak, uh, Peggy. Hi there. Um, for the most part, I enjoyed watching everyone's win. I think the joyousness of you just was reflected throughout and throughout. Joan has a point of, you know, things could be missing, but that's an opinion. You know, once they're, the Oscars are listed, I take it from that point and decide, you know, you can always say, well, shoulda, woulda, coulda. And it's not that way, you know, unless we're voting for on the Academy ourselves. So for me, there was a lot of joyous celebrations that I enjoyed seeing excellent right let's bring it over to my side of the pond and sorry something happened then let me bring it back over to my side of the ponds i'm callum uh hello and the only word i can think of for this award season is bagel just because this was a a huge sweep for a certain film which to be fair i really loved but I do agree with the general vibe that, you know, OK, while the films that did win, I thought for the most part were great. And it was great to see some wins, whether it was a comeback or a long overdue Oscar for some people. I would have liked to have seen a bit more diversity, not just in the nominations, but also in who won. Because just as a me thing, I don't really like it when one film sweeps everything because, you know, there's so many films we can be celebrating. But with that being said, the films that did win, I'm reasonably happy with overall. Excellent. And last but not least, Kaylin, I know you love the Oscars, so I'm, yeah. I'm expecting a lot. From you. I love, love <laughs> strong word. I'm, I'm fascinated by the Oscars. To me, I think comeback is close. I'd say it's the Oscars of reinvigoration. <laughs> I'm being pretentious today. I think... <laughs> Like you said, because of the lack of diversity, especially in the late 2010s, there was significant change in the membership of the Academy and how long people stayed in and eligibility. And I think we saw sort of the fruits of that labor in Parasite's iconic Best Picture win. And then the pandemic happened and the world shut down and all of the films that were being nominated were very small, sort of indie affair, 
and I think this is the first year where we're really seeing that that is that Parasite win is not a fluke. It's a continuing, I think, trend of the Oscars genuinely improving and rewarding films that people are really excited about, as opposed to films that sometimes people like and or even love, but just aren't sort of exciting people the way that something like Everything Everywhere All at Once did. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I personally have a, I have a bit of an issue in general with award ceremonies, and I do think that what is the Oscars? You know, we all, we use it, it. It's part of the film calendar. We get all very excited about it, but then do we sit back and think, well, it's just them celebrating themselves, <laughs> and 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 is the real award? the ticket numbers and the and the and the DV, the aftermarket sales and things like that. I, I, I don't know. But I thought it was just interesting. You know, everything everywhere all at once also I think was interesting because that was released months ago. That wasn't a film that was released in October, November. Just I think it was like April the... or something. Yeah. Mm. Yeah it was early. Oh, yeah. Well yeah. it might have been in America of course. In the in the UK <laughs> it was released months oh. afterwards. And yeah. we still don't have a home video release because they're they're keeping it on Amazon, I think. So there's a really weird thing going on there. So but it, I thought that was interesting. I also thought it was interesting that a German language film um did so well. And obviously it did well at the BAFTAs as well, didn't it? So obviously it really resonated, even though it's the third time that film's been made. Yeah. Um, and I also thought it was, it was a very good movie, though. I mean, oh. all quiet on the Western Front. I mean, it was hard. It was oh, like a terrifyingly hard watch, but it was very good. I enjoyed, you know, like like I told someone it's it's a good movie. They're like, oh, I don't want to watch it. I'm like, it's a good movie, but it's not going to bring you joy. <laughs> Indeed. I also thought there was um, I was just dumbfounded that films like Top Gun Maverick got nominated in best picture i mean i know it's very popular and all and i just, loved it oh, i thought <laughs> it was dreadful oh i like that. <laughs> loved it. oh my god it's like a cover version of the first film where they where they introduce a whole bunch of characters and they don't mention them after halfway through it was terrible but i i get why people like it and i have a mixed feeling and i want to know how you feel about films like that actually being nominated because i think it's quite nice to see, you know, the other side of me thinks it's quite nice to see outrageously commercial films actually being recognised because thousands of people worked on that film. And just because it's not an art house film, just because it's not got a wonderful central performance by a, by an actor or an actress doesn't mean that we should... Um, even though I just did, but you know that we shouldn't. <laughs> right. in, we, we shouldn't. We shouldn't in general. Um, it's nostalgia, also. It's kind of it's nostalgic. You know, I was a kid, and then you get to see something. You know, all those years. I don't. And it's always Val Kilmer for me, no matter what. Like the whole nostalgia. I think that got that got a lot well, of people. That that was that was really sweet, actually. That mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that bit. Yeah. That, that was that was the saving grace for me. Okay. So that's a lot of that's a lot of me talking then. And so has anybody else got um just just a particular film that they were really glad was? Because again, we've done a podcast already on the things that we thought were missed out. Um, maybe just go around the table again. So a film or or a person that would that you're really glad was rewarded. I loved RRR, yes. and I had ne- I have no knowledge of 
uh, Indian cinema. And now I just, that film just got me totally intrigued and I just want to learn more and I just loved it. And I was so, so excited to hear that they were going to try to recreate the big dance number. They couldn't quite do justice yeah. to it, but they came close. And it was just marvelous. I loved it. I truly did. And it just blew my mind of what, I mean, I've heard stories of what, you know, Bollywood is about and the films, what the films are like, but to I mean, it's, it's not a Bollywood film. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not Bollywood at all. It's made that same mistake. But they yeah. follow, they follow that, that formula of graded heightened adventure and then dance routines and then more heightened adventure. And, you know, um, I, I was familiar with that, but wow, to see it. And it was a great, it was a really great story uh, and it was yeah. well acted. And uh, yeah, I just, it, I was just really, really happy that it got nominated. You've heard the hoopla about that performance already, right? Yeah. That they've used, they, they didn't use like Indian, you know, Indian dancers in the background. They, you know, used the wrong, but I mean, I'm going to be really honest. Like the only thing that movie did for me was have cute music. Oh, I thought it was marvelous. It was, <laughs> I was absolute, just like, oh. it, it was an absolute shock to me. I, cause so I'm, many people I'm, loved it. Yeah. I love, I mean, I love it. I do the whole Asian cinema thing over on my own mm -hmm. podcast, although we don't tend to cover South Asian cinema. And I watched it, and my co-host said, "Oh God, that sounds terrible." It was week just like, three a week later, he's like, "Hours long." Yeah, but they have an intermission. All Bollywood and well, uh, Indian know, films are three God. hours long, and they have an intermission. You can go make a cup of tea, and it's brilliant. Avatar um, is also Avatar is longer. Yeah, and I'd much rather watch yeah, it I know. And, and, any day of the yeah, week. Avatar, but luckily I waited for that to come to watch on TV so I could take breaks. I think, <laughs> I think, I think, don't, I think RRR does raise an interesting thing because it wasn't nominated by the Indian representatives yeah. as their right. film, right? So it got, it got best music and that's fantastic. And that's an important part of a lot of Indian cinema, not all Indian cinema. You know, it is a it is a Bollywood trope, although, as we said, this isn't a Bollywood. This hasn't come out of the Mumbai film scene. So it's not technically right. Bollywood and it's not it's not even in the same language as Bollywood movies would be. But um, and also it's not real history, everybody. British people were twats in india like that but yeah, that's not quite yeah. how it happened um what was i going to say but yeah i just again i think i've had this discussion with some of the others in the slack group that i think best international feature you know it's it's so flawed on so many levels and the fact you know surely india can produce you know it, it, rare, it never gets it very rarely gets there. it's the second biggest film industry in the world it rarely gets a nomination and they're only allowed to choose one. Um, right. And that's true of a lot of countries. France is only allowed to choose one. Spain is only allowed to choose one. Um, countries like Brazil and South Korea, massive film industry, are only allowed to choose one. Um, and so this kind of feeds. So I'm going to let you go through, but I do have a follow up question on best international film in a second. So, Peggy, what were you happiest about? About. So, so Joan. Oscars in general. Yeah, no, what, what what one thing made you happiest? Um, you know, like I said, nothing that I would have wanted, nothing that I picked really won. I will say that. Um, but it was just happiness. It was like all kind of like you know second picks, but like I said, there was just joy in seeing K Haikwan. You know, just I mean, no offense. I mean. 
I don't get emotional a lot except for the in memoriam. I always cry. <laughs> but, you know, you can't help but get emotional at that. When he walks up with her, when he wins with Harrison Ford. I mean, come on. You, if, you don't, if you didn't get emotional, you have no heart. <laughs> Michelle Yeoh, you know, her winning is was just, again, remarkable. And, you know, there was the people that won were it might not have always been my pick, but there was true joy in seeing them win in, in that essence. You know, for international film, my pick would have been Argentina 1985, which I thought was amazing. Thank you. And Callum, how about you? Um, can I mention a couple of nominations that I really enjoyed? Please. Yeah, because uh, as we said at the start, the nominations overall were a bit of a mixed bag. There were some excellent ones. There were some kind of questionable ones, or at least there were some ones were like, well, why the hell uh, is this individual not in, for example? But two nominations I'd really love to see, because I honestly didn't think they'd get in. One was The Quiet Girl for Best International Film. That's a very obscure Irish movie that I, mm-hmm. abso- I absolutely loved. And when it kind of, when it got in, I'm like, we're at do a double take but I'm I'm so happy that got in and speaking of which another nomination that again I it was never going to win in a hundred years but I was just happy to see it was uh, Paul Mescal in After Sun because yeah. you know After right. Sun yeah After Sun was my personal favorite film of the year I not just you know Scottish bias aside I thought that was incredible <laughs> and to see a performance from someone like him that's quite sort of tender and I guess unspoken and reserved in that there's a lot of reading between the lines going on of his acting, whereas Oscars tend to reward kind of big emotional outbursts and stuff. But to see, again, he was never going to win it, but to see him included in there, that just made me happy personally. I have to agree with that 110%. (laughs) And Kaylin? Well, our has been taken, so I think I'd I'd love to bring up an Irish Goodbye winning live action short, both because I quite liked it, and I, I admit I do rarely check out the short films. I should be more into them, but I did watch this one and it was lovely. But what I more want to bring up is the acceptance and singing happy, getting the whole auditorium to sing happy birthday for one of the actors. And I think that just sort of encapsulates the generally joyful sort of energy of this ceremony that i think has just sort of put me in a good mood obviously no one going up and hitting one of the hosts probably helped as well right <laughs> slap free <laughs> uh, God, I, I... although i watched the constant I, I... jokes about that were definitely yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> like I... yeah yeah we get it yeah i did um I... I did watch the chris rock special which he obviously did just before that and i thought he really lost the high ground in what he said there i thought he thought he was but he spent a year being quite good about it and then just lost it and then like you say reference i find there are three i find there are a few more collections of like three off-putting words than netflix comedy special (laughs) right yeah (laughs) this one was live (laughs) i mean i have a lot of words on that but i'm gonna hold them to myself so (laughs) okay so so gene joan sorry gene who's gene Um, (laughs) gene yeah you 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 know you mentioned about rrr and obviously sort of kaylin and i both very keen to point out that it wasn't even nominated as, as for best picture even though it 
clearly was the best Indian pitcher of the year as, as an international phenomenon anyway, which is a different thing. Um, and I, I, it made me think about best. What's the point of best international pitcher? Which then raises another question: What's the point of a lot of these? For example, and this is the key one for you know in their own league, gendered acting awards. Mm, mm, mm. Um, are we at a point? That I, I understand why there used to be gendered acting awards, but we don't have gendered directing awards. We don't have gendered editing awards. We don't have all kinds of things that are split. Um, but I also understand that if we only had one acting award pretty certain in 50 years we were saying there hasn't been a woman who's won it for 50 years that's what's going but i'd like to sort of d- debate and how lo- how big would you make that category would you make right. that ca- like you know what i mean that could encompass 20 people i mean yes it's, and i think that's i think that's a real reason why uh you know if you were to do away with gender then please increase the nominations right yeah, so but, that we yeah. don't have people like a now a more narrow maybe five slots to fill it but do you really want to make it 10 slots right and then like how do you give two awards i mean should you give two awards and still should you because say you're nominating 20 people and you aren't giving one award you know there's a lot to be questioned there well what i would say is though there's there's tens of thousands of leading actors in tens of thousands of films so cutting it down to 20 is pretty darn good right you know right. that, that that's the thing it, it, it's i i don't think there's an easy answer yeah. i just think it's right. kind I, of interesting I would very much like to throw my hat in the ring because i've been thinking about this for years <laughs> the floor is yours kaylin go uh because i've always wanted to do my like my own personal awards thing because i think they're fun and i've never gotten around to it but i I've been thinking for years about how to sort of fix the acting categories because I hate there being gendered acting categories, not only for the way it like differentiates actors and actresses, but also it's entirely exclusionary to non-binary people. And there are right. many, there's a growing number of non-binary actors yes. in the industry, thankfully. And like, I don't think it's okay to put them in the situation of like having to pick what they category they'd be awarded in or just being excluded entirely well they would be excluded entirely wouldn't they yeah because it it, it, so, it probably wouldn't be up to yeah. them to say hey oh, it's award <laughs> the personal system i landed on was doing a similar a similar thing to the golden globes of separating by genre but increasing the number of genres so mm-hmm. lead and supporting in the categories of what, what i use is drama comedy action and horror which i think encompasses quite a bit and it is more sort of biased toward the performance than the film so like people can be nominated in different genre categories for the same film if the performances are disparate enough like that's that's my personal like pet idea that i've always wanted to implement and i think i think there's a lot of personally i think there's a lot of play in that um obviously you do get where you get with the golden globes you get weird things nominated as comedies <laughs> but, but that's yeah a, is it comedy musical again or is it just yeah. you know what i mean you gotta I, remember that i don't really get i don't again. i don't get comedy musical as a category because musicals are more of a format than a genre right there are musical right. dramas yeah. Yeah, they're a way of telling a story rather than right. the, the genre that the story is within. And if you set down the rules and quite hard and fast, and maybe when you apply for your certification, right, and you get your R rating, your 18 rating, that's where it that's where it gets genre selected. And they can put that on the back of the DVD and on the Blu-ray and everything, right? And then we, mm-hmm. but then we would know, right? And then we're all working off the same 
rules. I think that's a good idea. I, I honestly do. And you could have, you may end up with more awards, but I think you'll end up with more diversity because I, yes. I think I think it's I do other. like I do like you hit like the suggestion and of the four different categories like as you came up with that's mm. a yeah. and having to either be male or female that's not you know say whatever five people nominated in each one that would be kind of I like that idea and I think it would actually help with the representation in the other things like yeah. in terms of race yeah. I, th I think you'll get there's a preponderance you know a lot of black actors and actresses are working in the comedy genre for example right is comedy a genre in your world Kaylin? i'm just I, yeah I, that was one of the four yeah and, and and i think i think one of the reasons they don't often get nominated is because comedies and horror movies are put upon and i know this was a year where a genre film what? The ultimate genre oh. film swept the board like very few films ever have. Right. But that's very rare. You know, mm -hmm. the number of horror films that have ever won a Best Picture Oscar or even nominated is still one. Is it still Silence of the Lambs or nothing else? I yeah, think it I might think, well be. Yeah, I think Silence of the Lambs. Is the Omen and like, The Exorcist nominated even? No, I, I, don't, think? I don't no. think so. I can't remember. But certainly no. the only win, I think, is Silence yeah. of the Lambs. And and even is that a horror movie or is that just a rather grisly drama? Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, what about Jaws? That was nominated, but it never won. It was nominated, it, right. It didn't yeah. win. But yeah. that's kind of a horror, you know. Oh, no, no, it, it is. And yeah, you, right. but, but but think of how many films have been nominated. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's so More few. films were nominated for Best Picture this year than horror films have ever been nominated. But, right. But for me, there's a huge difference between a horror film and a gore film, a slasher film. Like, uh, Well, a slasher is know, just a subgenre of horror, right? Right. And, I mean, and you it's can... just like the ones where they just slash people up like in gore and like all it is is blood and guts. I'm that's not scary for me but yeah. but there is a market for that right thousands right. and millions of there people always has been. Go, for those, yeah. go for those movies and i mean one of the thank you kate well however we got here thank you for giving me an opening to talk about jamie lee curtis <laughs> yes yes yeah who, who basically started her career as a as a scream queen and i think has had a number of opportunities to be nominated um, things like Trading Places as a sort of best supporting actress or something like that. Um, so we'll be happy to see finally Jamie Lee Curtis. But do we also feel maybe it was a bit of a. We've overlooked you for so long, Martin Scorsese departed style. I mean, Hong Chow was my choice. OK. Hands down. But I love Jamie Lee Curtis and it, maybe it is because of her career, mm. you know. Uh, you know, I'm sort of of two minds on her win. Like, don't get me wrong, I absolutely love Jamie Lee Curtis, and I think she probably should have won an Oscar by now. I think, as you were saying, Stephen, for trading places at least. Right. But but out of the five women who were nominated in that category, like, just personally, she was very much fifth for me out of those five. Like, like if it were up mm -hmm. to me, if it were up to me, it would have been Kerry Condon or maybe Angela Bassett. Yeah. But, mm -hmm. but, and and if, it, if it really had to be, somebody from everything everywhere then you know stephanie shu was right there <laughs> in my opinion so but uh, that's not me dunking on jamie lee curtis i think she's great but i do right. i am inclined to agree this was probably a career win mm. but isn't isn't I, I haven't got the evidence I, i'm not going to go over to wikipedia and do a whole bunch of analysis but isn't best supporting actress always really strong isn't it isn't it often the most difficult um 
category. Usually, usually I, I mean, personally, for me, the strongest lineup of this year was best animated feature. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, I. It usually is quite strong now that I think about it. Yeah. Mm. It's usually pretty strong, but remember the best supporting actors curse also. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're right. <laughs> Which is? Which is, for those who don't know? Oh, the best supporting actors curse is if you win, then you don't work for like another 10 years <laughs> <laughs> in anything good. <laughs> well, hopefully one thing that this Oscars has shown us is that you can have a 20-year gap in your acting resume and still come up with a best supporting right. actor, or you can be like Brendan Fraser and almost disappear off the face of the earth. Although he's been doing fantastic work in Doom Patrol on the TV, That's I have to say he's Although he, we don't see, well, we do see quite a lot of him, but yeah, he, I think he's been amazing in that. And this was, and I think the other thing is you have to appear in a Darren Aronofsky movie. That's also another <laughs> way to a as a, as a best a best male actor seems to be a thing to do, even if the film itself. I mean, is. I liked almost everybody, single person in the best actor category. You know, it was like I might have had to flip a coin. My only thing was. For Austin Butler, to me, he did the biggest transformation of a role into enveloping himself into a character, you know, just pretty much like Rami Malek did, you know, like, you know, going through those different ones, you know, Rocket Man, like those kind of performances, those are hard. You know, The Whale, it was also a transformation of a different kind, mm. you know, and then there's just Colin Farrell. I mean... The Banshees was my movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm still I'm I'm still heartbroken that Banshees got nothing personally. Nothing. I, think, I think I think for me that's that's the downside of everything everywhere. Right. Sweeping, yeah. sweeping. Yeah. As much as you know, I think that clearly was the most interesting, fun, filmic, cinematic film. But certainly that 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 say the Western world have put out because I, I still think RRR was fantastic. But um but I think Banshees had great word of mouth, great reviews, great cast. You know, it had the same, you know, it was in Bruges, but with right. a completely different story and people <laughs> being completely different. But it was and and they'd done the rounds as well. It wasn't as if they hadn't been appearing on Saturday Night Live and stuff, but they'd been they'd be doing all the hard yards on all the shows. Um and the fact it got nothing, I find I mean it, it, nothing. Yeah, you know, not not even a minor one. That was um, I found that quite strange. I think. Yeah, that was heart. That was the heartbreaking part for me. There was one thing I will say, and you can probably delete this out later if you want to. But for the Independent Spirit Awards, um, you know, they have it has to be a very independent film that gets nominated, and you know, you have budgets and everything. And they did something this year that really irked me. They uh changed the rules to allow everything everywhere all at once to get in and at that moment it was like i knew you just knew that was going to happen and i didn't think that that was fair and that really irked me you know and that's the that's a preview of you know a prelim going into the oscars obviously but when they did that i was just like you just let this movie just win everything Be mm, and it did right. <laughs> and not what just the, you know oscars would have been enough they changed the budgetary and like what you could allow for the budget requirements. Okay. Um, they they raised it for that movie. And, mm. you know, that to me took away. There was some really great independent films that were nominated that Spirit Awards. And the whole point of that is 
very, you know, you have this budget, this is what you have to make it. And some great stuff was out there that didn't even get a blank, you know, <laughs> except for me, of course. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and, and that irked me. I, I, I have a question. I mean, I, I don't know if any of you are sort of Oscars historians, but I was quite shocked to find out that Best Adapted Screenplay includes sequels. Because yeah. um, it's um, adapting existing characters and scenarios. Yeah, I, 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 it's never really. I think Toy Story three. I was going through. I think Toy Story three is the only example I could find before of a sequel that had been up for an adapted screenplay. But the fact that like half the nominations were sequels, I think yeah. that that didn't sit too well with me. I mean, mm. whatever I might have thought of Glass Onion or, or Top Gun Maverick. Um, think that was it just doesn't feel like it's in the spirit of what i thought best adapted screenplay is right but i suppose something yeah, I like, see your point yeah i suppose something like godfather part two did win the best adapted screenplay oscar years and years ago right. but i but i do sort of see what you mean when i think adapted i think like adapted from like a play or a book or a show right. or something so or, I, or, or even an article you know it's, it's, it's yeah yeah have things it's, it's a bit weird and if you're only going to have five nominations and two of them are you know well again one of those screenplays you're kidding me aren't you but, <laughs> but you know glass onions an interesting screenplay however it might have been a bit it wasn't as good as knives out but it should have won <laughs> i knew you were going to say that because i know someone who's a ryan johnson fangirl <laughs> i mean i i i, I mean i do want to be nominated for costuming as well oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm the same. I do want to see Ryan Johnson win an Oscar one day because the yes. man is due one. <laughs> yes. Multiple times over. Yeah, I'm really enjoying Poker Face at the moment, so I can't. Oh, so good. The man. <laughs> the, Love the, it. Any, anybody who loves Columbo as much as I do is a god in my eyes. So I think we'll have we'll have to have a show. You're a Columbo fan? I'm a huge Columbo fan. Oh I know God, I know I about you and Peter Falk. <laughs> I used to work for Peter Falk. Yeah. Oh, no way. Love him. Uh, oh just my God, a, yes. it, was, it was the best job it. I've ever had in my entire life. I'm telling you that. Yeah. He was the most wonderful man to work for, and he was hysterically funny. <laughs> I, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge Peter Falk fan across the board, and but a huge, huge, huge Columbo fan, and I'm so happy to hear that they're actually doing Blu-ray releases this year that's it's it, that proper blue way you know properly done up and anyway but this isn't about colombo sorry yeah but i know anybody on our podcast about colombo i'm on for it um <laughs> callum you mentioned about best animated feature film um let's tell me more oh uh, yes Oh, yeah so the f- uh, five films that were nominated for best animated film if i remember right it was Deltos, pinocchio turning red the Sea Beast, Puss in Boots 2, and Marcel the Shell with blues mm-hmm. on, with, with shoes on, blues on, but it was, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, Del Toro's Pinocchio was my favourite of the five, and it did end going, it did end up winning, which I'm happy about, but to be honest, I think I would have been happy with any one of those five winning, I think all of them were absolutely magnificent, just a very, very strong category, and Again, also very diverse with things like in terms of like craft of Marcel doing that mix of uh, animation and live action, uh, Pinocchio doing a lot of stop motion, Sea Beast doing a lot of CGI stuff that isn't DreamWorks or Disney, 
and then even something like Turning Red, which is culturally very diverse as well. Like just for me anyway, a very, very strong category all around. I have I have opinions about best animated feature this year. Okay. Well not not like opinions so much as I think people are underselling how like unprecedented Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio winning was. Oh, okay, I get you, yeah. Yeah, because people seem to expect it, and I I guess I didn't get that because Disney just dominates this category to yeah. an obscene degree, like yes. more yeah. than other, Absolutely. Acad- other award ceremonies. There have been 22 uh, Best Animated Oscars so far. Disney and Pixar collectively have won 16 or 15 of them? Mm-hmm. 15, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the only times they've lost have been really weak years for them, sometimes where they didn't even get nominated. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, like, the closest comparison to this year previously is 2018 when Into the Spider-Verse won. Yeah. But the yeah. Disney film that year that did get nominated for Incredibles 2 and Ralph Breaks the Internet, which I don't think really people really grabbed onto. Yeah, they're fine, but they're sequels, right? Like they were they were pretty like just sort of meh. Yeah. For fine, at fine. least in terms of how people also reacted to them. People I, really like turning red. Um, yes. Well and I will do my I'll, I'll do my I'll do my proper podcast hosting thing and you can go back and listen to our show on turning red that we did some months ago (laughs) so yeah this is like the first year ever that disney has had like such a strong nominee in this category that lost Mm. yeah does it quite often not even have five nominations in my head Um, i think sometimes it's only got it's to do with how many quote-unquote eligible films are released Mm. in a given year and that's the last time it was three was in 2010. Ever since then, it's been five because there's just always been enough. There's been enough. Gotcha. And and the remarkable thing about the Pinocchio, as we all know, is that it's been do- redone so many times, even recently, by different no, this this year. Exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's what you, what you're saying, Kaylin. It, re- it really just heightens the remarkableness of this win because we've seen this before. We know this story. And even by Disney itself, and yet it managed to win by saying something, and you gotta you gotta really celebrate Del Toro's genius by saying something fresh, by saying something different with the story, by pushing it farther than I think it's ever gone, and just the craftsmanship is just remarkable. I mean, so much yeah. work, so much effort, and the details were just remarkable. And honestly, I really love the song, which was not nominated. I don't, I think it's because it may have been a folk song already or maybe uh, adapted from a, a previous song that he sings, a chow papa, was beautiful. It was really touching in context to the movie, as opposed to maybe a Disney film. Sometimes you feel like some of the music is tacked on just to get a nomination sometimes. But yeah, it doesn't always work. But yeah, I just thought it was all of the elements of the film was just beautifully integrated. And to have that kind of control over a stop motion film is just mind blowing. I was just, I, I loved Pinocchio. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, it was, it was a little bit more, you know, I guess you could say darker in tone 
Mm -hmm. um, but more true to the actual Pinocchio story. Exactly. Um, and you brought up the music. My friend Steve Gazicki is actually head of music at Netflix, and he worked on that with Del Toro. So he was like, I was getting like tidbits of it before it was coming out. And I was just like, it's going to be amazing. And it's going to be wonderful. I mean, I was a big Puss in Boots fan, not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. But I'm happy that Pinocchio, you know, it, it's well-deserving. Yeah, and you know, really, the, the, book, the original book is dark in tone. It's not a happy Yeah, book. it's much it's, darker. It's, it's not a happy No, around, like story. the original green fairy tales aren't cute and cuddly either. Right. So to bring it back to the traditional Italian story and to make it in the context of Italy, you know, what in Italian history, I just, just thought was wonderful. I really loved it. Yeah, and I think for myself, it goes to show just how strong the category was, where, as I say, Pinocchio winning, I'm absolutely thrilled with. But really, if any one of those five had won, I would have been happy, which mm -hmm. I think goes to show yeah. just how strong the lineup was. Very true. Excellent. Right. I just want to say a few words about my girl, Michelle Yeoh, um, yes. because I think there's two, there's a few things about Michelle Yeoh I mean not only is like she's the first official woman of Asian descent to be even nominated in best actress or like I said at the beginning though Merle Oberon was also nominated but she didn't used to admit that she was half Indian um for reasons of the time um right. she wouldn't have, wouldn't have had any work um but also of course her age um she's 60 so this is this is a 60 year old um, she's Malaysian actress who's had two careers, um, quite often in malign genre cinema, not just with her work in Hong Kong and Chinese cinema, but sort of even her work in, in the West, you know, James Bond film here. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I guess, I guess she was recognised by association with Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, but I don't think she was nominated for anything in that and, and, and fine um but yeah i just wanted to sort of just it's just amazing and i think actually it's almost her age as well i think is something that we should draw attention to because i think the in in lead performances quite often it is quite ageist as well i think in, in the like on the female side yeah, I mean, people at, agree. at her age you're playing grandmas you know and, and if you're lucky you know which, which she does as well. Which, <laughs> she, wait, which she does, but I mean, here she is, kick, you know, kicking ass and taking names and getting the nomination for it, you know. Yeah. I, I just I just think that was a if, if everything everyone hadn't won anything else, I think that would have been the tragedy. I'm not necessarily saying that she carried that film because I think there's way more going on in it than just the one, one performance. But yeah, I, I just. With my Asian cinema hat on, I'm, we're, we're all very happy for her and we've been boosting it for a long time. So I just wanted to bring her up. Um, right. How are we doing for time? Oh, we've got ages. Has anybody got anything else they want to bring up? Um, anything burning? I, 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 do, I do agree that uh, Michelle, yeah, uh, again, in a lot of ways, you could say it's way overdue. Right. I mean, the woman has just been a phenomenon for years. Uh, she's just incredible. And. On, on in films and TV, because don't remember, remember she also had a, a, a role in Star Trek Discovery, which she was incredible in. So okay. uh, it, it was way overdue for her to be recognized, but also the age. I mean, wow, you know, this is just, 
her acceptance speech was incredible too. I just being able to have the Malaysian family there, you know, off screen, you could see right. them all celebrating. It was just uh, going back to what we were saying about joy. I mean, truly, that was amazing to see how much that meant to so many people. And okay, I but here, here's the, oh, sorry to interrupt, sorry. No, that's okay. Uh, no, I thought okay. you were done, I'm so sorry. Um, no, but just saying, uh, but could you say the same thing about Michelle Yeoh that we said about Jamie Lee Curtis? Did she get the win because she should have gotten it for other things? I think that possibly could that think, could that does that possibility should, should, should she have got it maybe a crouching tiger right? and I don't and I don't know who won best actress well, in crazy the, rich Asians yeah but that would have been like best right. supporting right right, that, right. true yeah. I I don't know I it bothers me because in the lead up to the awards there was a lot of discussion about Yo versus Blanchett yeah and I found that even some people who said they supported Michelle Yeoh winning did treat it as like an inherently inferior performance, often calling Blanchett like mm. technically better. Mm. And I think there's like, like, yes, she is. It's a long time coming, but I think that is, at least in my opinion, important to acknowledge. She just deserved it for this film. She gave an mm. astonishing performance here. Yeah, and and, right. and it was Michelle Yeoh, because we had brought yeah. that up. Like there's a tendency, like there's a tendency to almost like condescend, because most of her career has been in genre films, in 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 martial arts movies. I mean, if you dig down to a, into her biography, she's had two careers. She had the Hong Kong career. She got married to a millionaire. She divorced him. She came back, and actually, very very few. I call her a Hong Kong star. I know she's from Malaysia, but very few people from that Hong Kong scene, from that golden age of Hong Kong cinema, of which she's very much a part of, of the 90s, 2000s, have made it over in the West at all, right? In terms of actors, in terms of directors, it's her and Ang Lee, honestly. Uh, I can't really think of anybody else who's made that leap. So I think, Caitlin, I agree with you. It's this, she's excellent in this film. And it's not a genre film in that way. Uh, but I do think people do get a bit sniffy about her because Kate Blanchett's an actor's actor. And I love Kate Blanchett, right? I think she's amazing, right? But I think I think people do get a bit elitist and sniffy. Mm-hmm. And I think this is what I was trying to sort of get around earlier, is that about earlier that I think we... The Oscars and all award ceremonies can get a bit up their own asses about what a good film is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think yeah. we can all be guilty of that as well. Um, right. I mean, Twitter's guilty of that every single day. Absolutely. <laughs> Twitter's film just Twitter. a distillation of everything Twitter, that's terrible right. about humanity. So <laughs> there's no surprise. Right. But I'm just talking about film Twitter. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. But yeah, it's just an example. But yeah, I. I I'm not sure I can, other than Crouching Tiger, which, P.S., I didn't love, because as an not my movie. Person, yeah, even though I'm a child, I'm not before, just with more money. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I thought she was great. Um, right, that's that's that, that that's my bug, but I've got my one out of the way. Anybody else got anything they're gagging to talk about? Um, just on the topic of uh, Best Actress this year, like, I think we might have maybe alluded to it in another podcast or maybe on one of our, our articles, but I I kind of thought the Best Actress like this year in general was a little weak. Like, don't get me wrong, Yao won. I'm thrilled she won. She deserved to win it. Blanchett was great as well. And 
Okay, while the other three performances were technically good, I, I mean, maybe you could debate about Ana de Armas, or maybe that's just my dislike of blonde coming in. But, but at the same time, it's like people like Daniel Deadwire, Deadwire, Viola Davis, and probably a good few others I can think of should have been should have been there yet weren't acknowledged. So overall, even though in my opinion, the right person won. It was still a bit of a weak category overall. When we compare it, like I said, to Best Supporting Actress, I think absolutely. But of course, the elephant in the room about the Oscars is it's all a big marketing scam. Yeah. Right? And, and, and very so few people. Yeah. Very few people get nominated purely on merit. They get nominated because of how much effort they're production company puts into pimping them out into the public eye and onto chat shows and I'm not saying it's corrupt but yeah I mean we almost kind of saw that in action with Andrea Riseborough's uh, nomination <laughs> didn't we which which don't get me wrong which is so bizarre because I saw two Leslie last year for like either one of the film festivals i can't remember which one south by southwest or tribeca or something and they did not even push her in the slightest like there was no push to her it was the push for oh my god now i forgot who her co-star was the lead allison janney that's all they pushed they there was nothing said to me like do you want to interview her it was all do you want to interview allison janney do you want to do that do you know the movie at that time, I mean, did nothing for me. So, I mean, I never felt like, but I, like, it was the strangest way how that all happened, you know? Like, yeah. so you I, get I, a couple I, of I, tweets I, out from people and all of a sudden you're voting for Andrea Raspberry in a movie that no one's seen? Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited by the possibilities this nomination has sort of conjured up in my mind. Because, <laughs> like... While it's, while yes, it was like, it was comparatively grassroots in terms of the way she managed to get nominated, but still like the people pulling off had to be industry insiders with connections. The director was like a longtime TV producer, but Mm -hmm. still it's like, it shows that the, the, the system can be bent. Yeah. And I'm excited to see who who else might be able to take this path in the future. Well, I think I think what it does really, Ken, is it it shows that it is bent, but somehow it's been done in the glare, it just just so obviously this time. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, I, I don't think anybody yeah. like you could just do this. It turns out, and I'm excited by <laughs> sort of the this. You, you basically need to know great, Oscar's greatest secrets revealed. You just yeah, you just need it to know strange. three three top actresses to advertise you on Twitter, and you can potentially get a, 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 a best something award. Um, I'm putting myself out there next year. Okay. <laughs> as as I joked about in my review, I may look into the possibility of trying to do something similar for Mark Mothersbaugh for his score for Cocaine Bear. <laughs> it's like, hmm, I wonder how. <laughs> I mean, we did have Elizabeth Banks presenting visual effects, to be fair, so you never know. Oh, the bear. Right. I forgot the bear. <laughs> we had a bear. How about a fun little thing? I don't know if everybody saw 
the interview with Hugh Grant on the red carpet? No. Did everybody, had nobody, did you watch like the, the, it was maybe 15 minutes before the Oscars and I forget the girl's name that was interviewed. And she was like, so are you excited to be here? And he was like, okay, sure. Yeah. You know, and then she says, well, you start in one of the biggest movies of the year, like Class Onion. Wasn't that fun? And he looks at her and he goes, I was in it for three seconds. (laughs) And then he goes, she goes, well, you still, you should be really excited. Like it's a, and she goes, and he, and he goes, it's all just a bit. He goes, this whole thing is just a bit of Vanity Fair. And she goes, oh, yeah, the Vanity Fair party. (laughs) He's talking about the whole Vanity Fair book, like the whole, like it's what it, Mm. you know, she didn't get it. And it was like, and some people were on his side and some people were on her, her side. And I was like, but it was just. It was so hysterically. You guys have to look it up. It's all over. It was all over Twitter. I'm surprised you guys missed it. But that it's sounds- actually, it was hysterical. Because he was just like, <laughs> but when she asks, you were in Glass Onion. And he just looks at her like, I was in it for three seconds. Well, he's not wrong. He's not and wrong. he's not wrong. Like, so, why? Actually, come up, you- like, you got to come up with people who can actually ask questions sometimes so i think you've actually cleverly steered me to one of the questions i had written down um without without knowing it so well done thank you for the segue um (laughs) so i think the one of the things about the oscars is is that the big tv production and i know in the states it's a big thing over here in the uk you have to have a day off work the next day to watch it because it's on so late Right. Um, which right. some of the people who work for me clearly did, and they all mysterious <laughs> number of people were ill on Monday morning. Um, and however, my my point is is that it's still, I believe, although the viewing figures were up, it's still like the third least watched Oscar ceremony of all time. Um, you know, once everything in context about how many people have televisions and. And, and how many people, you know, all the other things that we get to watch and the way that you can time shift watching things like that. But is it, clearly we still get excited about it, even though I tried to diss it earlier as a concept. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I've been able to stream that. it online yet. Sorry to interrupt. It's just like, sing, sing, like sorry. they should just stream it online. Oh, like, why have sure. they not gotten around to gotten to this at this point? Well, uh, maybe they haven't worked out to do international adverts, Kaylin, I guess is the is the how how they they need to be able to monetize it in some way. Yeah. But I was my, gonna but, say they make a fortune off those commercials. <laughs> but my point was the whole vanity fair thing is absolutely this is this is just a this is a spectacle and it's the industry, the Hollywood Hollywood self-serving itself. I was gonna think of another I, I have a much ruder um idiom to use but i won't use it because this lady's present and it's very <laughs> oh. rude but it's a, it's it's, it's a, there's a there's a phrase for what the oscars is do we however still enjoy it do we still think it's relevant will we still be excited about it next year does it really does it still have a important place in our cinema love and consumption thereof i don't think it's as important as it used to be the world has opened up with the internet and we are realizing that we have more access to films around the world than we ever had. And actually 
COVID actually had something to do with that. COVID made a lot of the festivals online and more accessible. So people could see more films, could get access to more films via online. And they didn't have to worry about it coming to the cinema. They didn't have to worry about it uh, having distribution. They could just watch it. They could watch films online that they never had before. So I think in a lot of ways, the Oscar has been diminished in its importance because uh, why would we care? If we, if we love RRR and it was not nominated, we still had a chance to watch it via Netflix. It was still wonderful. It was still fair. Sure, it got released eventually in the movie theaters, but that just was the, the lead-in to let us know, oh, it's in the movie theaters, let's go see it. And it was still valuable cinema. It was a beautiful piece of work. So I don't think the Oscars is as important in people's uh, minds as far as acknowledging what is quality film or quality performances, simply because there are so many other um, award ceremonies out there that we are now aware of that maybe we weren't before. And because there's more films out there and we realize, you know, of the thousands of films that are out there, no, of course you're not gonna get, you only have five nominations, of course the odds are against you. That doesn't diminish their value. You know, the odds, the odds may be against you, but it doesn't diminish mm -hmm. their value, you know, but, or, your, or even your access to them. And, well, and, that, and I guess also, um, so, sorry, Peggy, uh, but- No, that's but, okay, go ahead. Uh, there was a time if you had on your poster winner of seven Oscars, that would guarantee you another 10 week run at the cinema. That right. would guarantee you another million dollars of revenue. Absolutely. Does does it still have the same cachet now? Not really. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. Well, I'm just going to say this is someone from L.A. who is in Hollywood, who worked in the entertainment business almost my whole life as a talent manager, representing actors as the whole thing. Um it still has a meaning to the industry itself, a very big one. I mean, sometimes, okay, I'm just going to toss it again. Someone like Austin Butler, who did Elvis, he spent two years of his life preparing for that role. I mean, he enveloped himself into it to where he couldn't stop talking. That voice didn't go away right away because he had embodied himself so much into it. So to get a nomination as an accolade, that's a big deal, especially for someone young who was, you know, I used to watch them in little shows, you know, teen shows. <laughs> you know, I can remember this. Like, I mean, you know, a lot of first-time nominees who, you know, worked hard and, and done it. it. It is a very big deal in the industry. It's not just COVID that changed it, Joan. It's also streaming that changed what the movies mean and the box office run and, and all that kind of stuff. Streaming changed that greatly. Oh, yeah. So it started already probably a good close to, you know, eight, nine, ten years ago of like when when all streaming started to really get good. But is it an accolade that somebody who's worked all their life, like, you know, I mean, as we saw so many, quite a few winners this year who had worked all their lives to win, does that mean something? It means everything to them. And that can't be diminished to me. I, you know, does some of the world go, eh, they ask you, they ask you, you know, you can say what you want about it. It's still a predominantly huge thing to get in this in this industry and world of of that you know and granted maybe it doesn't do always you know not everything's you know in the real world quote unquote 
But yeah, it's a big deal for someone who's worked really hard. And I give them kudos for it. And I give, you know, people think, oh, it's just acting. You don't, people don't understand what it goes through sometimes, like how those people have started off when, you know, I would pitch someone who with no experience to get a job from step one to step 29 of actually getting that job. It's a huge, huge thing. And to do that all your life of getting, you know, rejections and going through this and, you know, Brendan Fraser going through the highs of highs to the lows of lows to coming back. It's a lot. It's it's means something to them and and to me of, of a and work of embodiment of what they've done. So I want to I want to give you a round of applause for that rousing endorsement of, <laughs> of the Oscar ceremony. Uh, even an old cynic like me has been turned. Um, and, I, and, I, and I get it. I think it's like any industry awards. You know, even the industries that yeah. some of us work in. You know, we, we, I in the industry I work in, there are there are awards and nominations and things like that. And of course, it means something to the individual. Um, and absolutely, I can see certainly from an acting point of view, I think it's important. I, is it as important to somebody who wins the award for best makeup or something like that? I don't know. I, would there be a more appropriate ceremony for them to work? I don't. I don't know. Has anybody else got any opinions? I. And remember, there's a high bar yeah. if you're going to disagree <laughs> with me. <Penny. laughs> I guess I also want to approach it from a personal level because I think it's pretty clear that to the the broad general audiences that the Oscars don't terribly matter all that much and haven't for a while but I guess for for me for a completely film obsessed nerd uh seeing everything everywhere do so well this year honestly touched me and inspired me in a way that I admit it's very silly like it's it does it's not actually in itself important these stupid little gold statues but just something about it hit me and it like it's actually inspired me to finally pursue screenwriting excellent congratulations so, so what i'm hoping is in about three years time kaylin we'll be doing this show and you won't be able <laughs> yeah. to come because we're so, we're so proud <laughs> we'll be I like mean, remember I'm when <laughs> i mean i'm writing a slasher movie at the moment yeah, well, we, we do need like uh, yeah. Was, well, when your, your comments on slasher movies earlier, like, well, yeah, but, oh, but oh, are, I'll have to scrap it. No, no, <laughs> but there are there are award ceremonies for that kind of film as well. We'll get a Fangoria award for you or something. Like, mm-hmm. I think or a Saturn. Part, of, Saturn part of the reason everything everywhere, particularly in specific, doing well, hit me is because it's a earnestly weird movie. <laughs> yes. It is it strange and comedic and heartbreaking, and it's got butt plug fights and hot dog fingers and it where it works and i think for someone who like prefers an odder approach and gets a bit tired by sort of the more traditional approaches to film seeing this be so like widely celebrated just it just hit me i don't know i have to tell you you need to you need to go and watch some stuff from the golden age of of hong kong cinema to see where it's coming from because there are some weird old shit in there where the, but the difference being they were making it up from day to day <laughs> they, they had a they had like 10 days to make the movie and today well we found this they would have found some hot dogs and just stuck them on fingers for a laugh whereas i suspect <laughs> the daniels probably put a bit more thought into it but no i i, I get it so it can still be inspiring i think um and uh, 
is is it the most important award in people's minds? Is it still the number one? Or I know Peggy Marie. It's always going to be the number one. Yeah, it's, but it's I think it's going to it's be the, one the number I pay one. Most attention to because I'm yeah. attached to it and I mm. find it fun to sort of psychoanalyze the Academy as a voting body and try to predict it. I did terribly this year. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I always do an Oscar thing. I didn't do it this year because I couldn't type because of my hand. But I always do like what I think what I would like to win, basically my pick and what I think will win. And usually one of them is always right. <laughs> Between the two. Like, yeah. You know, because what my pick is doesn't necessarily mean what I think is going to win. You know. Yeah, it's heart and head time. We 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 do that in all all in right. trying yeah. to get things yeah. like that. Okay, right. We've we've reached we reached an hour of our time. Has anyone got anything they're desperate to anything else that they're desperate to mention? Um, it's great to be back and see people and talk to people again. <laughs> I just want to say that. <laughs> yeah. Of course, our audience won't be able to see that most of us are on camera and. We, 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 we don't all look like locked down oh, yeah, haggard right. like we Sorry. did before make everyone wonder what it's like you know um, gonna... no, i think i've got it all i think you know i will say one last thing of of when i was in high school one of my friend's dad's the Oscars would come around and he would tell us, you can't judge a movie until you've seen every single one of them. And he would take us to see, all, we didn't always necessarily see like support actors and all that, but we always saw Best Picture and he took us every year. And I think that's ingrained in my head mm. since I've been like at that point. That's pretty cool. Well, did you choose La La Land or Moonlight? <laughs> okay, well, you know, and this is something you could take out too. You guys are gonna laugh. The guy was telling you about Steve Gazicki. He, if you watch that where they announced La La Land, my friend Steve Gazicki is the first guy to walk out on stage, all smiles and happy because mm. he was the music supervisor, and mm. so he was going to be part of the ensemble that to take the work. And you see him walk on the stage, and he's all smiles and happy, and then mm. all of a sudden you see his face go just like weird like you and i looked and i remember watching it seeing his face and i'm like something's wrong something just happened <laughs> and of course oh, it was the biggest dear. fiasco like ah, well the slap i guess has topped it but pretty much <laughs> one and two pretty much one and two right there yeah okay well i'd like to thank you all for joining me today thank you joan peggy marie callum and kaylin i think it's been a really hey. interesting chat um if you want to comment on what we've said, there's plenty of opportunities. You can um, on the podcast, you'll find there's a um, you can do a review or wherever you've uh, consumed it. I'll probably put a questions and answers box if you listen to it on Spotify, um, which is our main hosting now, although we are available on just about every other platform as well. Please come and visit the website in their own Please come and look at our Instagram if someone tells me what our Instagram is. In their own. In their own. Is our Instagram. Yeah. Um, any, anywhere else that people can get, get and find us, Editor-in-Chief? Find us on Twitter. can find us on Twitter. Yeah, I don't like to mention that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, my, Twitter, my Twitter is very different to this. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it is. But I'd like to thank you all for joining me. Thank you for a really, hopefully it was an interesting discussion for you all. And um, we'll see you next time.